Sky Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. It's been nearly a quarter of a century since we announced a new head coach. And today I'm happy to welcome you all here as we introduce the 15th head coach of the New England Patriots, Gerard Mayo. That was earlier today down at uh, Gillette Stadium. Gerard Mayo introduced as the 15th head coach in Patriots history. It was Gerard Mayo. It was Robert Kraft. It was... Uh, a lot of Mayo's family in attendance, and of course, media there. It was a Q&A for both of them, lasted about 40 minutes. Overall, I would say it was a win for Mayo. Always always plenty to pick apart. We've been joking about the nickname thing. Mm-hmm. He called, if you missed it, you're late to the party. He's been, he called Kraft Thunder several times. And so, yeah, am I hung up on it? you damn right I'm hung up on it. It's odd. Um, <laughs> but overall, I thought Mayo was pretty good. He couldn't really get too in-depth into the team's kind of philosophy and coaching hires and things like that because I think they're early in that process. I don't think they might even know the answer as to who the offensive coordinator is going to be, certainly who the quarterback is going to be and and all of that stuff. But, Fitzy, at this hour, we also have other coaching news across the NFL. We just gave you Mike McCarthy staying in Dallas, which is, I think, it's just dumb for Dallas, but I, I could I could give a rat's ass normally about the Cowboys, except this year when I thought Bill Belichick could take over. Another interesting little nugget, also in the NFC East, mm-hmm. Diana Rossini reporting that both Eagles GM Howie Roseman and head coach Nick Sirianni have been reaching out to available NFL coaches and coordinators, as well as coaching agents across the league to evaluate potential coordinator candidates to join their coaching staff as they plan for the 2024 season. Bill O'Brien to the Eagles confirmed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, Matt Patricia will be available to join uh, Bill's staff wherever Bill goes. And and I say wherever Bill goes, only the Atlanta Falcons are interested in Bill Belichick, at least publicly. Yeah, publicly thus far, which then makes you wonder, like, are we going to get another one of these situations? Like when only Tampa made their interest in Tom Brady public and then look what they were able to do just a very less than year later. Is this going to be the case? Like Atlanta doesn't even have a quarterback right now. They nope. have no, they don't. They have receivers. They have tight ends. They got running backs. They got a decent defense, but they don't have like they're not as stacked of a roster as the Buccaneers were. And then of course the Brady effect ended up bringing in Gronkowski, Lombardi, Lenny, Antonio Brown, and and um, and Dominican Sue. And next yeah. thing you know, wham, Super Bowl. Now the three best places for Bill Belichick to go if you're playing the Tom Brady angle, where oh QB away now coach away would be Dallas, Philly, and the Jets. Those are the three best ones. But Dallas, keeping their coach. Philly, sounds like they're keeping their coach. He has a much stronger case, by the way, than McCarthy does. Sirianni. They were just in the Super Bowl a year ago. I know there's a big collapse this year, but three years, three playoff appearances, whatever. And then the Jets, they're pretty quiet. They're keeping Robert Sala, it looks like. But can you imagine keeping Mike McCarthy over Belichick or keeping Robert Sala over Belichick? Imagine keeping Mike Sorry. McCarthy over anybody after that dismal performance. Right. You were a two seed who many people thought were gonna was gonna be able to finally overcome all of these wild card and divisional round inadequacies that in your own inability to come through in the clutch. Like how that Dak is throwing multiple picks, yeah. pick sixes, 
just awful offensive play. It, they looked disinterested. Oh, they were from, a mess from Jump oh, Street. Yep. God awful. And it was awful so smart. Football. So smart by the Packers. The Cowboys led the league this year in first quarter points. And Packers won the toss and they took the ball. And everybody else, maybe it's just because the Belichick used to do it or whatever. It's always defer, all defer, defer, defer. Packers are like, no, we're going to take the ball. They had like a, a long drive, took a, a bunch of time, scored, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, like that. Uh, right from right from then, you almost get the sense you're like, oh, Dallas doesn't have it tonight. And I know it's one possession, but it, but it, it's also the way the game played out. All right, back to the uh, the phones we go. It's uh, a lot of NFL coaching news, and of course, Gerard Mayo press conference. Your thoughts on that? Let's go to. Uh, Joe in Andover, who has a real uh, sultry, sexy hold music. Oh, no, that, there's a little bit of a heat there now, too. Yeah, that sounds like a contemporary ringback. All right, Joe. Stop freestyling. Yeah, you know, know hey, Rich, was. you know who uh, Mayo spoke a lot of today? Um, Who's that? You know, and I saw this thing that Mike Reese tweeted out earlier that he had his, his high school coach, uh, Tommy Austin of Key Cofton High School in Hampton, Virginia, was there today. Right. So, you know, a lot of sport, but... Like, I don't think I've heard the name Wilson mentioned as often since I saw the movie Castaway. <laughs> I was going to say, Wilson. The stepfather. Yeah, yeah that like was really parent. nice. That was, that was very nice. I know, I know I'm sarcastic a lot, but that was that was pretty he touching. feelings, too, and, dads. No, I know, but it was like uh, really because he, he even mentioned in the comment, Mayo, like you don't really hear a lot about this and like credit to stepdads and stepmoms out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was to really get to the human side of things, right? Like, Bill is so buttoned up at these press conferences, gives you nothing, and Gerard Mayo's giving you a little peek into his childhood about, you know, his grandparents being there, and then his stepdad coming in and being there, and it was like, I don't know, that was that was pretty good stuff. And he also had a good line in there, too, about now in the NFL, like, kids are having kids. Like, we're drafting kids, and they already have kids. Mm-hmm. And sort of speaking to really knowing the people as well as the players. That's sort of maybe more of a new age thing. But, uh, yeah, I found that pretty interesting today. Let's go to Pete in the car. He's up next. Hey, Pete. Pete. Hey, guys. Hey. Love the show. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so I would like to co-sign on taking uh, uh, wide receiver one, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Bo Nix. But my provisio is they got to have T. Higgins or someone else on the other side of the, the field because – you you draft him. Every defensive coordinator is just going to double him and, and take him out of the game and just let whatever trash is left over uh, compete against their the rest of their team. So they can. I think it's a great idea. I think you're going to have to probably go back in the first round to get Bo Nix. You probably want to do that anyways to get the extra year of controlled cheap money on your quarterback. But uh, it's a great idea. But they got to have something else on the so- other side, a real meaningful thing, so that they can. You know, not have Marvin Harrison basically double covered his entire life. I love it, Pete. No, that's a great call, and I would include that as well as being uh, really important for the offseason because three great examples where it's very similar to that jump out to me. One, mm-hmm. you have Miami. They drafted Jalen Waddle, traded for Tyreek Hill. The Philadelphia Eagles drafted Devontae Smith, traded for A.J. Brown, and then the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, A.J. Brown. You could. Then the Cincinnati Bengals had T. Higgins, and they were like, let's also draft Jamar Chase in the and top five. Tyler Boyd. To the, and the, Tyler the, Boyd the, doesn't stink. A, yeah. a, a, yeah. a fleet of receivers, Rich. And uh, two out of those three teams were in the Super Bowl, uh, what, in the last three years. Mm-hmm. And so in Miami's a perennial playoff team. So, yeah, the two-receiver thing, 
Like, why stop at one? And it's right. I mean, Marvin, you're putting a ton of pressure on Marvin Harrison. If like, hey, you're going to come run routes with uh, Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker and Pop Douglas. And, and Kendrick Bourne, who's on one and a half ACLs. <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, I like I like that's a good plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark is down in Rhode Island. He joins us next year on WEEI. What's up, Mark? Hey, how are you? Good. What's up, buddy? I just, I thought the whole press conference was a bash on Belichick. I've been watching the Patriots since 1976, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? The guy went nine, took you to nine Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. The guy's a legend. He's the greatest to ever do it. And there's all digs on the guy in that press conference with Gerard Mayo right up to Kraft. Right up to Kraft. The guy should have a parade for the guy. It's ridiculous the disrespect that Bill Belichick's getting. Greatest coach in the history of the game. Yeah, See, I dis- Mark, I disagree. I think there was uh, plenty there of shots. Do- uh, no, there were some shots. There yeah. were certainly more shots at Tuna, if you if you will, that, uh, Parcells. Oh, he wouldn't even say or his at name. Least deeper cuts. Yeah, yeah. There were some shots, sure. You know, like Mayo saying that he needed to take a break from Bill after he finished his playing career going into the corporate world for a few years, which is something that ultimately benefited him as a person and now, it seems, as a public speaker and a leader. But I don't feel like this was a bash Bill parade today. There was plenty of due deference and respect paid to the greatest coach. He was called that by both of them. Uh, Mayo spoke of him almost as just like a coach and someone he learned from and as a mentor to him as well. So while their relationship may have some frosty tips to it right now, I feel like, by and large, this was not something that seemed like a an organizational hit piece on Bill Belichick. I, think I, they, I don't. I think they balanced it out where, you know, Kraft talked about how great he was and Mayo talked about, you know, uh, what an incredible coach he was and all that stuff. So they would balance it out. But then, like, multiple times going back to that echo chamber line, which a lot of people from the outside assume mm-hmm. that that's what Bill Belichick had there, uh, talking about how different the game is today than it used to be, on the one hand, is true. On the other hand, strikes me as that's, you know, a shot at Bill. The titles being important, where Bill has multiple times said titles are not important, and then for the next guy to be like, they absolutely are important, like, I thought there were a bunch of things like that. Mayo talking about like what it means to be a leader. There might have been some like slight jabs in there being like, that's not how Bill did it, but this is how I'm going to do it. So I could see how fans like Mark, who are already, I'm, I'm guessing, pissed that they let Belichick go. Mm-hmm. Then here you go. Here's a day where you're supposed to be talking about Mayo, and there's a lot of like, all right, circling back to Bill and like a little bit of like, you know, stepping on there. And maybe because you're so focused on. Bill got screwed here. You ignore when they compliment them, and you only really hear where they take a jab or two. Like, I would honestly be so mad if this just turned into a deification of Bill Belichick. And, you know, if Mayo just said, Coach, establish a great legacy, I'm going to pick up the torch and run with it and just see where we go. Like, no, don't please be your own man. Please be your own own coach. Mm -hmm. Connect with them how you see fit. Change what you think needs to be changed. Obviously, there are some amazing structures in place for you to work with, and there's a hell of a legacy to live up to. Mm-hmm. But, God, the last thing we need is another Belichick clone. Yes. No, they, they need to they need to move on from that, but that it's also now, all right, who's, who's running the squad? Like, that's sort of where my mind is gone. It's like, all right, they, they being Robert Kraft, love Gerard Mayo. The Gerard Mayo uh, looked like he was going to get the job for years now. Like, not just at the beginning of this year, but, like, for years they were sort of – paving the way for Mayo to take over. All right, so be it. 
plenty of other moves that still need to be done. You need to hit on these draft picks. You need to change the offense. Where do we go from there? And we didn't really get a lot of answers uh, as far as that is concerned. Uh, although Gerard Mayo did talk to Steve Burton following the press conference and may have uh, given us some info on who the Patriots will be drafting at number three. We'll get to that and your phone calls here coming up at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, but right now here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The introductory press conference for Gerard Mayo as the new head coach of your New England Patriots went down today in Foxborough. Gerard Mayo now becomes the 15th head coach of the Patriots, the first African-American head coach of the team, and also the first former player to coach the Patriots. Both Kraft and Mayo fielded questions from the media. When asked about a possible general manager hire, Robert Kraft had this to say. We want to see what we have in-house, look what's out there in the marketplace, and then do what we think is right. I know people have ideas. I can just assure you, any decision we make at this time will be to try to give the support to Gerard and put the organization in the best place it can. After the press conference, the Patriots announced that Robin Glazer has been named the Patriots Executive Vice President of Football Business and Senior Advisor to the head coach, Gerard Mayo. Glazer served as New England's Senior Vice President of Business Affairs and Chief Administrative and Compliance Officer. She's been a senior executive with the Kraft Group since 2007. Celtics putting their perfect 19-0 record on the line tonight. They welcome San Antonio into the TD Garden. Right now, about seven minutes left in the second quarter. Your Boston Celtics up 47-33. to The Bruins have the night off tonight. They're back on the ice tomorrow night when they'll host the Avalanche at the TD Garden. Puck drop at 7 p.m. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say WEI is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. I appreciate you, uh, Thunder. I call him Young Thundercat. Uh, has a young heart. This has definitely been a dream of mine. I know one thing that Thunder talked about was I had always uh, been a coach in his mind. I would say I'm a huge believer in just developing people. Uh, whether it's on the football field, whether it's off the football field, in the media world, in business, my calling is to be a teacher and to develop people and help them see pretty much what they don't want to see, but they need to see. So my job has always uh, been that. That is my calling. That's the newest head coach, or the new head coach, I should say, of the New England Patriots, Gerard Mayo, introduced at a press conference this afternoon. He and Robert Kraft uh, spoke to the media. A little uh, Q&A lasted about 40 minutes. Jonathan Kraft was not there uh, amidst a lot of articles and reports out there, people speculating as to just how hands-on he is going to be. Well, he wasn't even there today. Nope. Which makes me think he will be more hands-on just because they were aware of that. They knew what was going on. They're like, all right, you won't even be here. You're going you're gonna to be dealing with something else, and maybe this will throw people off the scent, which I think it's only doing the opposite. It's the opposite effect. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, you, know what, you know what's happening is 
if there was a storyline of Jonathan Kraft and Bill Belichick being at odds, Jonathan Kraft being involved in Bill's dismissal, Jonathan Kraft having a heavier, bigger hand in player personnel, development, acquisition, etc., all today's absence of Jonathan Kraft did was make a story that was sort of becoming a story a bigger deal. Yep, I agree with that completely. All right, back to the phones we go. JP is in New Hampshire. What's going on, JP? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey. Um, first off, um, uh, regarding Belichick to Dallas, I mean, that's a media um, thing that they would love to see because it would just blow up like an atomic bomb down there. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is the power, right? Belichick wants the power. Jerry Jones is the general manager, correct? So my take is today on Gerard Mayo, he set expectations, he set the culture theme, and he has the, you know, he has the all to do that, and he's getting all the backing with um, the crafts. What do you guys mm-hmm. think about them not actually hiring a general manager since they hired somebody today to do the player personnel stuff that actually – they're going to do it as a team approach with Jonathan and Robert and Gerard regarding the decision-making on the coaching and and, uh, moving forward. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Maybe they don't need a GM right now. I hate it. I hate it so much. Thanks for the call, JP. Now, it's one thing, I guess, well, I think Mayo should be able to pick the coaching staff, but I guess if you want some input from the owners, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But you can't, you really can't operate where nobody has the final say. Belichick even made a point to talk about in his final press conferences about, they, you know, somebody asked him, like, hey, would you be willing to give up uh, player personnel? And he was like, oh, we'll do whatever. This is before he left. He was like, oh, we'll do whatever is best for the team. But, you know, somebody has to have final say. And, yeah, no kidding, somebody has to have final say. So say you get down to it. This is just a hypothetical. Say you get down to it. It's draft day. Caleb Williams goes one. Drake May goes two. And then you're sitting in a room. You got 10 people in there, and they're all looking around. You're like, all right, who wants to go first? I'm like, I'd like to take Joe Alt. You're like, okay, one vote for Joe Alt. Who wants to go next? Like, I got Marvin Harrison. Okay, there's a vote for Marvin Harrison. I got Jaden Daniels. Like, okay, I I got trade down. You're like, all right, hold on a second. I got five different people talking. They're all saying something different. Yeah, do it like the Iowa caucus. Everyone (laughs) throw something in a paper bag from a grocery store and we'll just pick a winner. No, you you can't do it that way. So... I hate it, especially if you're talking about Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft weighing in on who to take. I don't want that. That Didn't we just go through not having... Okay, there were people like Bobby Greer was heavily involved, obviously, at the tail end of the 90s with Pete Carroll, and then he he was jettisoned uh, when the Belichick regime takes over. Yeah. But then you have guys like Pioli and Dimitrov and Floyd Reese uh, John Robinson was an assistant pl- uh, pro player personnel guy. Like, but you had people that had significant voice. Mike right. Lombardi was here for a long time. These were big, trusted voices that Bill would listen to. So it wasn't an echo. Ch- I think it became an echo chamber mm-hmm. probably by the time Gerard got into the coaching as it was just all all-knowing Lord and powerful Bill Belichick of the Patriots operation. Yeah. And that's what he doesn't want. You can make it collaborative while still having uh, a guy or the man who was in charge. We didn't have one for the longest time. 
why not try things differently? Because last I checked, the roster sucks. That's no. right, it sucks. Yeah, the ro- the roster is uh, is rough. But no, they um, need to find somebody. Now it is tough when you do it at this point. Like, well, the draft is in April, so the college football season is already played out. And yes, you still have the combine and Senior Bowl and things like that. But the college football season, so like all your scouts and all your player personnel people were evaluating talent, and they were also looking at what it would look like on this roster. Right now, you're like, all right, are those guys going to stay? Are they going to go? Are they going to stay and help like pass the torch to the next one? Because that's very different, right? Like the head coach mm-hmm. has nine months or eight months until their first game. The GM has three months until one of their biggest nights of the entire year, if not the biggest night of the whole year. The biggest so that's night a- of their career potentially. Yeah, that's true. You should not be picking if if you nail this pick and crush free agency. Roster organization development in the draft. You should be picking nowhere near three yeah. anytime soon. Uh, Rich, n- something I just noticed uh, on the Twix yes. that I think is probably uh, worthy of mentioning now as opposed to saving for grab bag. Yeah, throw on and the And that pile. would be uh, our guy at Mike Cadlick picking up this little nug that All came right. out less than an hour ago from the Reese's Senior Bowl Twitter account. Uh, the 2024 Senior Bowl coaches. Your head coach on one side will be the Titans' uh, assistant head coach and defensive line coach, Terrell Williams. His offensive coordinator, Troy Brown. All right. I like that. Well, wasn't last year a little bump, which could mean is he in line for consideration for OC on the NEP? I mean, he coached the hell out of those wide receivers this year. So I like Troy, but that's, I mean, come on. I love Troy. But, like, that's not really. I, don't, I mean, I guess he'd be in consideration. You got to interview a bunch of people. I'd, I'd love to hear what his case would be. Uh, maybe there's certain things he would do differently. I would hope there's things he would do differently. So I'm all for, you know, unlike the head coaching hire, maybe actually do some interviews for the offensive coordinator. Yeah. You know, and I say that, like, again, I'm not even, I'm not even anti-Gerard Mayo. I'm just saying for the offensive coordinator, hopefully it's not an inside job and they just, like, promote one of these assistants. Hopefully they look to some other people that are out there. Um also, going back to the last caller, one thing I do push back on, he's like, oh, the Belichick to the Cowboys is just a media thing. I guess uh, I don't think so. I So Jerry Jones, yes, he is in charge of the roster, and guess what? They got a pretty good roster. So as much as we want to make fun of Jerry Jones and his kid, they've done a good job building that roster. They've also had some big personality coaches in the past in Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. Mm-hmm. So I think Bill Belichick would work knowing that he's not going to coach there forever. The goal isn't, hey, Bill, come in here, and for the next decade, you're taking over. They would have two years, three or whatever, three years to win a Super Bowl in Belichick's case without Brady and in Jerry Jones's case for the first time in 30 years. That's what they would be chasing. I think they could work together for for a short time, don't you? Yeah, I I, I loved the other day on um, Shouting Sports Person Show, whatever the hell the name of it is, where Shannon Sharp called oh, nice. the marriage of Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick a match made in hell. Oh, which I mean, which is oh. great because you got these giant personalities. But I think before the mutually assured destruction that would take place between Belichick and Jerry Jones, the mutually beneficial agreement of like. I just want one more Super Bowl, Bill. I think you can. Yeah, I just, I, I do too, so I can get you know. And and the idea that like he's already got the resources. Yeah, there's no amount of money that he could ask Jerry for that he would never get. And you've got a stacked roster that just needs a coach that I don't know, maybe knows how to prepare them for a playoff game. Didn't seem ready Belichick to go. Did not get, seem ready to go. Gets Belichick gets his wins record. Yep. 
He probably gets back to the playoffs, makes a deep run, and then think about how many more feathers this is in Belichick's cap. I was able to do what Parcells couldn't do. I was able to do what people couldn't do for 30 years. I helped bring Dallas over the top. He'll be a legend there. They'll build a second statue. Everything that you know he would love on his way out of his coaching career. I I mean, if he ends up in Atlanta, it just seems like such a waste. It's just such a waste. I think it would play out similar to 2020, 2021, 2022. Yeah, maybe you just missed the playoffs. You just make it. You get smoked. You just miss. Like somewhere like that. Yeah, that NFC South is that. That to me, it's not like Arthur Blank saying you can have what you want. It's not about them having a good roster that could be a little bit better. That you know, and they have a lot of free agent money to spend as well during the off season. <clears throat> to me, that would be more like Belichick seeing the NFC South as ripe for the picking because there's no boss team. I mean, Tampa was nine and eight. No, I know. The Saints are not good. No team is really. No, it's good a bad there. division. So I guess you yeah, go there, but even still, hard. Right, so, so, so you go nine and eight, you make the playoffs, and then you get waxed by San Francisco. Let's go to uh, Tom in Maine. He joins us next year on the program. What's up, Tom? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, so my my quickest way for the Patriots to get back to relevance here, and I have a you know I want to just kind of give you my reasoning, and then I have a question for you okay. after if I could just ask real quick. Um, so basically, what I think, rather than going into the draft and looking for someone that's unproven, what about trading for Justin Fields? Now, Justin Fields for the Bears, I think the Bears, even with Caleb Williams with his talent. I think they're making a mistake if they draft Caleb Williams and move on from Justin Fields because Justin Fields continued to get better each week. He's proven he's got the skill set like a Caleb Williams, and he's already proven what he could do in the NFL, and he's only going to get better. Now, if you're the Patriots, you draft Marvin Harrison Jr., you, you trade for Justin Fields, and you're right back in this thing. Now, the question I have real quick is what do you think it would take to get Justin Fields. What, what would you have to trade to get Justin Fields? And what do you think about that proposal? Second round. It's a good I'd question. Say second rounder. Yeah, especially and they have a 34. high second round pick. I think that could get it done. I like Justin Fields. I I don't hate that plan at all. Justin Fields and Marvin Harrison Jr. Because Fields at least has that high high ceiling, right? Like he could be. So like we've seen games that he's played over the last couple of years. We're like, holy mm-hmm. smokes, this guy's unstoppable. You've also had a bunch of other games where it's been kind of a mess. So out of all those guys in that draft class, right? Like Trevor Lawrence, I think is still pretty good. I know people are going after him a little bit and they're like, oh, like he's supposed to be so much better. Uh, Zach Wilson's stinks. Mac Jones stinks. Trey Lance probably stinks because we'll never see him. Fields is the one guy like I'd, I'd give that a go. And so that, I think it's a really tough decision for Chicago because if Caleb Williams is as good as advertised you probably have you can't pass up on Caleb Williams but at the same time could another team and another coach get something out of Justin Fields I think so I think I think Fields could be a good starter again yeah and I I just can't see Belichick if he goes to Atlanta let's say we don't know if he'll take an interview with the Chargers we don't know if another team will pop open suddenly but it seems like the opportunities for him to coach in 2024 are diminishing a little bit now especially after the Cowboys announcement I can't see Fields and Belichick working together. I just, I just don't see that. It just seems. Doesn't Belichick seem like if he's going to Atlanta, you grab Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins and you just try to yep. get two years out of those guys all together and win? Yep. Yeah. And just draft and just draft somebody, you know, and try to develop them. 
in the you know behind that draft them behind them for a couple of years just learn from the veteran who comes down there for all we know he's like garoppolo to atlanta perfect i finally get a chance to work with jimmy so i guess the question would be yeah he gets garoppolo back he probably perfect. will sure uh, garoppolo to Pitts. he'll finally he'll finally turn him into the offensive tight end you know scoring machine he should have been who would you rather have and i know it's a would you rather wednesday so we can ooh, actually ask this ooh. coming up as well but just because the the caller mentioned it would you rather have justin fields or bo nix Oh, Bo Nix. See, I might go Fields, and I like Nix. I like Nix. You and I both like Nix more than most. Apparently, you like him even more because, I don't know, I feel uh, Fields, we've seen him play really well at the pro level already. It's just you got to make it – you got to somehow find a way to make it consistent, whereas Bo Nix, like all the guys entering the league, are are unproven unknowns Mm -hmm. when it it comes to that. But I feel like Bo Nix has played as many games as Justin Fields. It's just that Fields has a couple of pro seasons – under his belt at this point versus Nix, who played sixty some odd games in college. Uh, Isn't that insane? It it is. It's kind of it it's kind of too many games, and that's why I was laughing about uh, Tua's brother got denied a sixth year of eligibility, and I'm like the guy. And I know uh, Nix played five seasons. He didn't mm-hmm. he didn't get a sixth season, but he played like every game every year. Like he was Mister Football Durable. in Alabama, or whatever. It was like so he went to Auburn. Played for three straight years at Auburn, then went to Oregon. Played two straight years there. Yeah, it's just a million starts is what he's. Uh, but yeah, is it? It's like Tua's brother. Is he like as old as Tua at this point? I it mean, might be. He's been in college a long time, and all these guys, all these guys predate the COVID year, right? I think Bo Nix was a freshman at Auburn in 2019, mm-hmm. so he played a whole season, and then they actually played a lot of games. So some teams didn't play as many games in 2020 as others. But Auburn played 11, so Nix has played in a lot of games. Then he played in that bowl game at the end of the year. He's like, let me get another game in here when they played Liberty. Let me, let me pad some stats against Liberty on New Year's Day. That's what he did. The guy lit it up. The guy hey, had a nice, worked little, for him. He had worked, a nice career. It worked for him. I, I, I just think a guy like Nix now, I, he probably won't get taken by the Patriots. I still think that his best-case scenario, go to a team that's just about ready to win, and needs a high floor Kirk Cousins type player. That's yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota. They just needed a better, better quarterback. But they got the receivers. How you many know. quarterbacks did they use after Cousins went down with the Achilles? Four others. Uh, Dobbs, Mullins, and I think there might have been another guy or two. The, You're right. With that dipstick from uh, <laughs> not Easton BYU. Stick. Not Easton Stick. Nope. Oh, no. Oh, uh, not- oh, was it Jaron Hall or Max yes. Hall? Oh, so that was a good story. So in my fantasy league, the two guys that are playing in the finals, uh, one of them in the last game of the season needed Justin Jefferson to get like 50 yards, like not that much. Mm-hmm. But you start the game with Jaron Hall, and my buddy's like, this isn't going to happen. Like he's not going to – I can't get him the ball. He was horrible. You have one job. That's right. And I think he barely got – I think he got like 60. Or he barely got the win for him. But it was, uh, yeah, a bit of a mess. So that's another one of the big questions facing the Patriots is the quarterback. And – it just seems like the the uh, the order is kind of all out of whack because, yes, the head coach should have a say in who the next quarterback is. The GM, you would think, would have the ultimate say. They don't have one. The offensive yeah. coordinator. <laughs> the GM have had a say in the coach as well? They don't have one. The offensive coordinator, you would think, would have some say, right? Especially, you know, you want a guy that they're going to work well together. They don't have mm-hmm. one. Or at least they, they don't really have one right now. Uh, but Gerard Mayo was on with uh, Steve Burton on Channel 4, and Burton asked him a really good question about the number three pick. 
And here's what Mayo had to say. How excited are you for the draft? You got the third pick in the draft. Yeah. And now it's on your shoulders. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. What I will say is this. We're going to draft the best player for a position that is very important. You put the pieces together. <laughs> I mean, you're on TV here, Duran. Like you're talking to you. that. We're going to draft the best player available for a position that's very important. Okay. Quarterback. But yeah, so that's quarterback. So that quarterback. immediately screams quarterback. Yes. But that what if they think, you know, I don't know if they love any of these quarterbacks. I really don't think that I think internally the guy that they're highest on is Jaden Daniels. Well, I don't even know who you need to like the quarterbacks. Like, I guess it's Elliot Wolf and Matt Grow for now. Although, did you read Mike Giardi the other day saying that if Bill Belichick gets another job, one or both of those guys might go with Bill. Sure, why not? So then, you know, like, like who's even who's in the room at this point to even have an opinion on which quarterback to take? But Mayo maybe seems Dave Ziegler maybe making a little return trip. Mayo already seems to know. Yeah, maybe it is Ziegler. Mayo seems to already know who they're taking, and I am excited about this, and I hope it lasts the whole time he's here, like the out and out honesty, or at least perceived honesty, because mm-hmm. Belichick would have just been like, you know. He would have snorted at that and just, you know, stared at Burton and it would have been just this weird exchange. But Mayo, Mayo wasn't even asked who they're taking. He was like, how excited are you for the draft? He's like, here's what I can tell you. We're going to take a really good player at the most important or at a very important position. It's like, whoa. Okay. Okay. But the, but we're going to take the, a really good player at the most important position. What if they think that player is available to them in round two and there's better value in trading back? In the first round, I'm not encouraging this. Don't worry, anybody. They're not listening and saying, you know, I fi- by God, we f- we heard a plan from this Fitzy guy on the Rich Keefe show. He said he's- We're going to draft the best player for a position that is very important. You put the pieces together. <laughs> What's up with the laugh at the end, too? Well, he's probably like, oh, my God, I got an answer out of this. Well, the dr- Mayo's like, you, you put the pieces together. I'm like, all right, I'm putting them together. I'm all coming right, up yeah. a quarterback. Why don't you go ahead and just tell me? Yeah, tell, tell me if it, does it rhyme with Schmortenack? Uh-huh. Is that where we're going? I mean, it's a pretty big need uh, on the team, obviously. Okay, so let's say you're the Chicago Bears. You're picking right. first overall with the gift of the Carolina Panthers. Sure am. You decide to hold on to Justin Fields. Okay. You're going to have to pay him eventually. But there's other teams that really want Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take Caleb Williams, you still have your own pick, which is like, what, nine or ten or something like that, and you can trade fields maybe for a high second, low first. All right, you're still going to have a pretty awesome draft and reset your quarterback wage scale with Caleb Williams over having to pay fields eventually. Okay. Yeah, see, I like... I they can, like they can't. To me, they can't lose either way. No, I know, but you better hit it because of the other thing, you know... If you end up going with Williams and then Fields figures it out somewhere else and Williams is a bust or, you know, the other thing happens or Williams is the rookie of the year. He has a CJ Stroud year Mm -hmm. and Fields is still like it's a massive, massive decision. Yeah. I like Fields enough where I would listen for the haul because I bet you would get an absolute haul to leapfrog up over everybody and grab Caleb Williams. Yeah. Okay. So let's if you're the Patriots and and Mayo convinces Jonathan, Robin Glazer, Elliot Wolf, uh, Thunder, everybody, you know, Dragon, <laughs> Tiger, Poo Poo, everyone in the organization, Lightning. right? Yeah. Uh, we need to go get Caleb Williams. And they mortgage like three firsts, two seconds, whatever. 
And the Bears can have all of that just to go from one to three. Yes. Still get Marvin Harrison Jr., probably get the tackle from Penn State later, and then have 19. I mean, they're going to turn into the Oklahoma City Thunder, mm-hmm. of, which would be you know weird because the Patriots already have Thunder. They but do. they would turn into the Oklahoma City of the NFL, like like a good young team that is stacked with picks for wow. years to come. It's, cra- it's pretty crazy. And the Patriots have a – that should be on the board. Again, whatever that room looks like, whatever the makeup of those people inside the uh, their war room, they could trade up to number one. They have just as good of uh, – I mean, Washington's sitting there at two. If they really wanted to do it, they obviously could as well. But uh, both have a chance. I mean, if you're Carolina – I'm sorry, Carolina. If you're Chicago, mm-hmm. you could trade down to three with the Pats. And then if you're still – you could trade down again because somebody's going to trade up to get Jaden Daniels or Drake mm-hmm. May, depending on if there's a flip there. Because I'm convinced it's going to be QB, 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 one through three. It's just a matter of will it be Chicago, Washington, New England. And then whoever's picking four. Arizona. Arizona might be like, so you're telling me we don't have to do anything and we can get Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think so. Damn, yeah, girl. I think so. Kyler Murray running around throwing to Marvin Harrison? That's, a fun, pretty good. That's a fun pretty little good. outfit. All right, we got a whole bunch of Would You Rather Wednesday questions coming up next here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, W-E-E-I. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Uh, just during the break, Fitzy, I tried celery soda for the first time. Posted a Ooh. video at Dork Podcast on Instagram. Never had it before. It was left over in the studio. You ever even heard of celery soda? Uh, yes, I have. Oh. Now, was it a Doc Browns? It was a Doc Browns. Famous uh, celery soda. They, uh, huh. They're they big in like all of the really? Jewish delicatessens that are super popular in New York City. Like it's a, You get a big pastrami sandwich. And a celery and like soda. Like a Doc Brown's, okay. either like cream soda or a celery soda. Well, so Stiz was talking about the cream soda, yeah, which I've heard slapped, of. And which is like, legendary. There was like, they had a black cherry left over the other day. I had that. Delicious. I've just never even mm-hmm. heard of the celery soda. There you go. What'd yeah, you random things Nick knows for 500 Yeah, my God. Like, wow. He's like, yeah, good I've heard of celery soda. I don't know. I didn't really, it didn't mm-hmm. taste like what I thought it was going to taste like. It was fine. It's fine. Yeah, well, now, would, now, did you think, because so, sometimes I'll have something and I'll, I'll go for it straight up and think, hmm, I don't know if I want to have this again, but would it cocktail? Of course, that's what I was thinking. That's and the first thing he said. Yeah, I think I think you could. <laughs> I'm not sure. Sh- sh- that's exactly. This what isn't I'm my fr- actually. This isn't my first half century. Actually, yep. it is. I'm just finishing it up Friday. Just wrapping it up. There, go yep. out strong. Go out on a high note. Yeah, a couple, couple more sleeps, and then it's uh, then it's over. Uh, but it is a would you rather Wednesday, Fitzy. So I have a few important questions for you. Let's start with this. Would you rather your football Celery soda room temperature <laughs> or cold? I put it in the fridge. I thought ahead, and I was like, let me put this in the fridge, and it was cold. Uh, for your favorite football team, would you rather them have one GM or multiple GMs? I celebrate uh, the idea of tourism. I like having somebody of a singular voice Got it. And, a, and an individual vision. I don't want a TV show created by nine people. That usually means if the script has like five writers or more, it sucks, and it went into rewrite <laughs> hell. I want... Vince Gilligan, who made Breaking Bad. I want David Chase, who made The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. I want John Lynch, who drafted the 49ers. So, yes, yes one yep. singular GM. Play. A, a GM I would agree. who tears down silos and is cooperative and collaborative. But I want one GM and one GM only, please. No echo chamber. 
Don't want an echo chamber. Nope. All right. The Dallas Cowboys are off the board as earlier tonight. Jerry Jones confirmed that Mike McCarthy will stay on for one last year. So at this point, would you rather Bill Belichick coach the Atlanta Falcons or any of the other available jobs? (laughs) So once again, it's Bill Belichick coaching the Falcons or any other available job. Yep. See, I think he's going to end up going to, well, if the Eagles pop open, and it doesn't seem like they're going to, I bet they're, they're, things are a little strained there right now after, after their massive precipitous decline, but that's what happens when you lose your coordinators and then you put yeah. an offensive coordinator in charge of the defense. <laughs> that's like, what happens. Late in the year, um, did not work out. So I think he just, uh, honestly, it's not going to end up being the Michael Jordan on the Wizards portion of his career, but... Uh, at at this point, I think he's going to end up in in Atlanta. That said, we still don't have a head coach. There's no HC of the WC. What does Adam Peters hmm. think of Bill Belichick? Yeah, I Looks just like feel it's ben like Johnson's job to lose. I but... think that's another team that needs a quarterback. And if they end up taking one at number two, is Belichick the guy you want? Coaching your rookie quarterback? Like I don't know. I know it worked for Brady, although I guess it was technically his second year. But Mac Jones, not so much. So the openings right now are Titans, Chargers, Raiders, Commanders, Falcons, Panthers, Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Chargers and Seahawks are probably the two best teams. Uh, I mean, Panthers would be a waste of time. That would uh, that would be for bad. everyone involved. Like, yeah. just you're going to go finish by making a ton of money and being thoroughly irrelevant. I ask you, young Richard, wherefore mm-hmm. art thou, Mike Michael Vrabel? Yeah, where is the team for Vrabel? Could that be Commanders? Now, didn't it? Wasn't there? Weren't there intimations as such last weekend that, uh, by all accounts, it's almost like Ben Johnson's job to lose mm-hmm. in Washington. Yeah. All right. So maybe they get Ben Johnson. It sounds like Antonio Pierce has a real chance to keep the job with the Raiders. Good. Good. Uh, yeah. That. Yeah. You, you're already paying five hundred thirty-eight billion dollars for two other coaches. Yeah. I think Harbaugh ends up on the Chargers. I know Harbaugh also interviewed with the Falcons. So could Vrabel go out to Seattle? Maybe, but they seem to be in on Dan Quinn. Well, okay, another question. Dan Quinn had one of the more talented defenses in football this year, mm-hmm. uh, a team that was a 500-road team and a, an absolute home wagon. What is Aside from the fact that Dan Quinn has connections to the Legion of Boom and feels like a little bit of a legacy selection for them, the hell are you hiring Dan Quinn for after that god awful performance? Last I don't week? know. And I saw, I think it was Mina Kimes tweeting about it. So he got pantsed by Matt Lafleur in that Packers offense. So now you're going to go to Seattle where you play Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan twice a year. Oof. That's that's a recipe for disaster. That is that is no, that is no easy set of shakes right there. Plus, no, no. Kyler and Martin Harrison Jr. Watch out. That's true. Don't sleep on that Arizona squad. That's a fair point. Uh, would you rather Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff? They're uh, squaring off two former number one overall picks that are on uh, different teams, squaring off in the division around Lions and Bucks. Who would you rather have, Mayfield or Goff? I am, just like you, a card-carrying member of the Baker Mayfield Club. Baker Mayfield. I just have Yeah, he's got a little, he's got moxie. Guys. The moxie. The moxie. He had, the other day, a heart had never heard I use the word chutzpah. He's got a chutzpah. Oh, he's got chutzpah to spare. He's got chutzpah for days. He also can spin it. 
The guy can spin it. You guys always yeah. had a good arm, so. Yeah, he can. But just the other night, like, now granted, you know, things go, obviously you're a different character, a different cat, and different colors shine through when you're winning big on a national stage like that. Yeah. And Philadelphia can't get out of their own way. But, like, who doesn't want somebody who at the end of the game stands near one of his stands near one of his assistant coaches goes to take a sip of his water bottle but accidentally but purposely squirts points him. it at the coach and squirts him for a lol I mean he's got some he's got some personality I like he's it. a goofball and like you said he can spin it spin it he absolutely spin it so I wonder if the bucks I mean I'm sure they'll want to keep him but there'll be other teams interested in him as well last one Fitzy would you rather watch a movie in a very crowded theater or watch a movie on your phone. Uh, I would much rather watch a movie in a very crowded theater, only just because theaters over phones ad infinitum forever, or with each <laughs> and every quote, tweet, like button, yeah, yeah, yeah. and recommend it. Come on, no, I, I'm there too. I don't like big groups of people. I also get really annoyed if you have like the guy that's walking up and down the aisle like three times, or if you have somebody talking or like all that stuff. Like that really drives you nuts. But there is something just about the big theater, seeing good movies on the biggest screen possible with the loudest sound system possible, as opposed to your phone. So yeah, yeah the phone, uh, like now the, splitting the difference. Like I gotta, I gotta admit, Rich. Like I, I, I'm probably gonna dabble in some retail therapy for my birthday coming up soon because I was recently over the weekend someplace in the Berkshires briefly, and the owner of the little Airbnb that we were in had just installed an 80-inch brand-new Vizio TV in the living room. Yes. That, Holy to smokes. me, is now the best thing. I don't have to smokes. leave my house, but I can also just sit back, oh. surround sound, big screen, sit yeah. as close or as far away as you want, and then Sound rip bar it. that yep. filled the room. A picture. It was on a swivel, too, so you could put it at any angle. So when I was playing cards with the kids, you could, yep, you're uh, watching everything. I was making dinner, I could see it in the kitchen. When I sat my big old butt down on the sofa, it. I was able to watch football. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The Packers kicking the crap out of the Cowboys looked great at every angle. Yes, it did. Yes, yeah. it did. All right, there you go. There's our Would You Rather Wednesday. Three hours down, one hour to go. The Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. Grab bag comes your way at 920. And can I get a ruling? Comes up next year on WEEI.